listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm super delighted to welcome back to the studio Cruzanne McCalligan. Welcome back on the program, Cruzy. Hello, good afternoon. How You're are you looking doing? radiant. Well, thank you. It's called makeup. It does wonderful things. <laughs> you I can say recommend that all, it. Even without <laughs> makeup. Guys, we want you to check out Cruzy's bright yellow top on Facebook Live. I'm hoping that will be a, a good enough poll. You know? uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And uh, while I'm at it, with the compliments, you've got great teeth. Thank you. That's very kind of you Just to like, say. I had braces as a child. And did you ever have braces? No. I, no well, you have a very straight, beautiful smile for yeah, someone who did not have braces. Thank you. I, I always feel like that there's um, a bit of a crooked tooth no. on my right-hand side. So my grandfather was an oral surgeon and he used to say when it comes to correcting teeth you have to preserve the oral personality so that's oral personality that's oral personality personality. (laughs) and it's interesting because it can be a little bit cultural as well so I got braces because when my teeth first started my adult teeth first started coming through and I was about 11 it was savage in a word and it's becoming more savage I think as I get older I didn't wear my retainer for very long when I was supposed to you're supposed to you're supposed to and I didn't and I'm you know I was a teenager you know I was rebelling against the man and then um but so my my bottom teeth have slowly started shifting back to their savage origins and it really upsets me and one day when I have don't it's your oral personality it's my oral personality yeah but um (laughs) but I mean I do you notice people's teeth I do you notice people's teeth I do people's teeth and hands have we mentioned that we're actually talking about teeth and dentistry today actually or did no, we just start talking about teeth and just assume people would follow along because you can do that too i think so but, yeah um, so what is the topic of <laughs> we're talking about teeth and dentistry yes. yeah just so just so everyone's clear this is on this is an on-brand conversation um but sorry so do you notice people's teeth i do is it superficial to notice people's because i don't want to just stare at their eyes it's a bit intense and it seems a bit odd if i'm looking at their nose and then so i just find myself fixated on their lips and on their well, that is where the sound is coming from most exactly. of the time when people are speaking to you. So I guess it makes sense. Um, I notice people's teeth. And I hate to say this because I don't think I'm a particularly judgmental person. But I do notice when someone has not brushed their teeth or oh, has yeah. very poor oral hygiene. Plaque and yes, stuff. Yes, yeah. especially if they are from circumstances where you know that they, they have the means to brush their teeth. You know what I mean? So I have to say it's one of my few gripes where I will kind of... And I very, I'm very bad at hiding my... Um, disgust when someone has filthy, filthy, unflossed, dirty teeth. Um, and I get quite self-conscious about mine because I'm a big coffee drinker. Are you a big coffee drinker? No. Yeah, I, that's why yours are so pearly white. But I have to say, I've recently I've become quite self-conscious about my teeth because I don't know if you noticed this little bit of, this little bubble gum that I have going on. I'm showing Cruz my teeth right now. <laughs> She's snarling at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm pregnant, you know, uh, my, my gums are a bit swollen and just this little gum between my, my, my front teeth, mm-hmm. uh, front tooth even, uh, has begun to, uh, to swell up. I'm holding up my lips. I, it doesn't look that strange to me. And I've had somebody say to me, oh, you've got some food stuck in your, your, your well, teeth. that's rude. And I said, no, that's just my gums. Are you someone that tells someone when they have something green in their teeth? If they are my really good friends. Okay, sure. Um, then I'll say, oh, you've got something. Um, and But I'm one of those people who will ask, can I be happy and smile at oh, somebody? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's good. Just... I think that's a sign of, you know, togetherness. Exactly. Yeah. So what have you got for okay, us this week? Okay, so we're week? talking about teeth and dentistry. So teeth are quite interesting anyway. We're going to go a little bit into the history of dentistry, which is, are you scared of going to the dentist? 
Um, uh, no, because I just don't go to the Oh, dentist. sure. Okay, now you should do that. We're going to talk about that soon. Oh. I know. And I, I, you get- I haven't been to the dentist. I haven't been back to the dentist since I was 11. Noreen Mia, you need to make a dental appointment. Okay, well, you're going to be persuaded after this. <laughs> I know. I'm a bit of, Did I just admit to that on air? Oh. Well, I, the worst part is I couldn't tell. Um, so, uh, teeth. Now, tooth enamel is the hardest substance in the body and we get once well we get baby teeth and then we they fall out obviously and we get our next set of teeth but we don't get any more they don't grow back they don't fix themselves like bones they're not like a living substance they're just this sort of rock hard thing stuck into our gums right um and interestingly uh the average average american will spend 38.5 days over a lifetime brushing their teeth and they actually say in a 24-hour period if you're brushing your teeth two minutes in the morning and two minutes in the um afternoon so it's like four minutes a day you are spending a huge amount of time brushing your teeth however the average person only brushes for 45 to 70 seconds a day and the recommended time is two, two to three minutes yeah yeah so at least are you brushing for that long sort of okay sure <laughs> <laughs> and, um, now this is an interesting one um, because I often find that if I do have a dental gripe something you know like a sore tooth or a bit of an achy bit or something it's always on one side of my mouth right and now there's a reason for that so if you're right-handed you'll chew food on your right side and if you're left-handed you'll chew it on your left side Oh, did you know that? Yeah, it's quite. Which is true when I think about it. Which is true. I do yeah. chew on my left side. Yeah, yeah, more. Um, and of course, um, our teeth are really unique. They're like uh, they're like um, fingerprints or something similar. They're completely unique to each person. The most valuable tooth belonged to Sir Isaac Newton. Um, in 1816, one of his teeth was sold in London for $3,600, or what would today be $35,000. Um, so, like, someone really wanted a bit of Sir Isaac Newton. I don't think the, his teeth were the key to his genius, but... The tooth fairy, maybe? The tooth fairy. The tooth fairy. Um, uh, of course, um, there's lots of interesting animals when we talk about different teeth. Um, I found this fascinating. An elephant grinds its molars and grows new ones. So it doesn't repair the teeth, but it's constantly generating new molars. And this happens six times in its lifetime. Wow. So it's like constantly like chewing on all this stuff. An elephant's molar is about seven square inches and can weigh over six pounds. I don't know why I haven't seen a photo of an elephant's tooth before because that is huge. That is quite hefty. Yeah, it's a hefty, hefty one. Now, and how many teeth do they have? I wonder. I don't know. Actually, six pounds per tooth. Six pounds is quite heavy. They are they are known for being quite heavy. Yes, that's true. Probably contributes. interestingly when we go back into uh kind of like the first sort of toothbrushes and toothpastes in ancient times and um, the first toothbrushes were just tree twigs so people just basically chewed on the tip of a twig until it spread out all the fibers and then it used those to clean their teeth so people kind of when we look in the history people have kind of been brushing their teeth in some way just scratching at them with twigs or whatever for a long time um of course this is before people you know drank like coke and soda and sugary things and we had like mass-produced sugar people were still like oh my feet my teeth are feeling a bit fuzzy and to be fair it is a horrible feeling when have you ever done that when you leave the house and you've missed one tooth Oh, it's yeah. just like one fuzzy tooth in your mouth and, and you're you like, run I missed your, him. You, you, you run, run your, your tongue. Yeah, it's awful. 26 teeth. Is 26 how, teeth, how, how many? many elephants Wow, have. that's pretty good. Just in case anybody's yeah. wondering. Yeah, good. Um, pub quiz, pub yeah. quiz question. Um, now, ancient Greeks used things like pumice, 
talc, alabaster, coral powder, and iron rust as toothpaste. So they were, I would say, innovative, but maybe not effective. Effective. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, ancient dental implants go back as far as 600 AD. So this is pretty grim. But we're talking about the Mayan people, and they were known for being pretty grim. Um, pieces of shell were hammered into the jaws of Mayan women and made to look like human teeth. Which, again, isn't something I would put past a Mayan. I can understand why they would do it, but obviously not a super <laughs> exciting something we'd do otherwise. Um, I, as I was looking into teeth, I came across this really interesting article about the fact that the British have a reputation for having bad teeth. I've heard that. Right. Why is that? I, I have many British friends and they have good teeth. See, pretty good dental hygiene. I mean, like if we think about like one example of this is like Austin Powers. Have you ever watched the Austin Powers yes. movies? So pretty dated now. But like he's like all like meant to be all savvy and swag and then smiles and has revolting teeth. Right. And that's a kind of a spoof on British teeth. But interestingly, apparently this and then I, I kind of saw that um, there's an episode of The Simpsons where a dentist scares a young patient into having better oral hygiene by exposing him to a book called The Big Book of British Smiles. <laughs> Which has like oh. pictures of British people. Like it's. I didn't realize this was such a big, a big uh, joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Something like that. Anyway, um, but apparently this is because um, cosmetic dentistry in the U.S., which is where we get a lot of our pop culture media from, is all about people wanting to look the same way. Right. So that's like rows of perfect, shiny white teeth. And that's kind of the ideal. And that's what people tend to hold up. And they, they go to a dentist that I want, you know, braces. To, so I have this big, white, straight smile. Veneers. Yes. Not a lot yeah. of oral personality. Okay. No. Same smile. Same smile. Tom the, Cruise smile. A Tom Cruise smile. But did you know that Tom Cruise, if you, when you look at a photo of him, one of his front teeth is actually right um, dead center under his nose. No. Yeah. So if you think about it, most of the time our two front teeth are kind of equally under our nose. But Tom Cruise's is right. Yeah, just look it up. Like a Google bunny? It. Like, yeah, like one bunny tooth. Well, he still has one, all his other teeth, but yeah. you'll just see. It's really interesting. And it doesn't seem to affect his dashing good luck. So, you know, oral personality. Exactly. Um, so we, we have this thing where in the UK people are kind of talking about like, oh, you know, bad British teeth or whatever it is. But um, actually, the UK private spending on improving teeth is increasing sharply. And last year, it um, it reached £1.86 billion people were spending on improving their teeth. Because it's not a cheap endeavour either. I went to a dental hygienist recently and I came out with holes burning in my pockets. So, you know, but it's the price of a, a happy smile, I guess. And we're going to talk a little bit about the value of having clean and healthy teeth as well. So, of course, the reason that people's teeth can look yellow um, is because uh, when the white enamel is worn down, it becomes a little bit more translucent. And the weaker the enamel, the more of the yellow dentine, which is the soft stuff inside our tooth, becomes visible. And this is, um, and so of course, teeth lose their whiteness through regular contact with substances that cause stains, so like coffee, tea. tobacco, tea. But apparently, my I was reading this earlier. Some of the worst offenders for staining teeth can be curry sauce, balsamic vinegar, um, balsamic dressing, like balsamic vinegar, and ketchup. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm which so, is interesting to know. Probably because it's quite acidic, you know, like ketchup, and, yeah. you know, maybe quite erosive for yeah, the enamel. Yeah, I think so. I once spilled some balsamic dressing on my desk at work, and it's still there. Oh. So maybe it's really it does it does it does stain things. Yeah. Um, uh, interestingly, so uh, people think that you have a meal and you brush your teeth afterwards, but brushing within half an hour of eating or drinking certain foods can actually damage enamel because the enamel is softer after you've eaten. So you should wait an hour before brushing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, just out of curiosity, and I'm putting this out to our listeners as well, do you brush your teeth before or after having your breakfast? Because, you know, as um, as an Asian person, I was brought up brushing my teeth before breakfast. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, you get dressed, and then you have your breakfast. But, you know, since uh, being married to an Aussie, I've noticed that he brushes, Andy brushes his teeth after, after. his breakfast. And I'm thinking... You've slept the whole night and you have, you know, you know, I don't know, bacteria multiplying yeah, in yeah. your mouth and you're just eating that along with your breakfast. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. There. What do you do? Um, I would probably, I would probably, I think I rinse my mouth when I wake up. Yes. Then I eat my breakfast I feel and like then you're... I brush my teeth. Okay. But also I feel like it's depending on what I'm having for breakfast and who the next person is I'm going to see. And I want to have like nice fresh breath if I'm going to meet somebody or sit close next to somebody. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And he says it's because, you know, it affects the taste of the breakfast. And oh. I admit, you know, after, okay, true. after yeah. I brush my teeth, yeah. if I have a piece of toast or an orange juice or milk, it's going to taste a little bit different. But you know what? At least I'm not having the overnight bacteria for breakfast. That's true. That is a good point. At least, well, maybe I'm sure there'll be some bacteria. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we do have a, a pretty amazing system in our mouths, and that's saliva. Saliva <laughs> is really good at, like, rinsing out our mouths for us. But, of course, this is why we should really sip water regularly. We should be drinking water a lot um, because <laughs> I can see you reaching for your bottle. Um, um, because it's our best defense against staining, and it's a really good way of um, balancing things out. Um, of course, uh, what's interesting is this idea about what oral health tells Const us about the rest yes. of our bodies. So I found some really fascinating stuff about this because this is like quite a new body of research as well. Actually, before I get into this, I'm going to do a tiny history of dentistry because it's quite interesting. So we start all the way back in probably, um, well, modern dentistry as we know it. So in 1815, a New Orleans dentist invented de modern dental floss. So that was like a long time ago. 1815, someone was already thinking about dental floss. Um, the first woman to graduate from dental school was a lady called Lucy Hobbs Taylor, who graduated in 1866. So like, that's pretty progressive that she was studying dentistry at that time. Of course, um, the uh, the most ubiquitous brand name known with toothpaste would be Colgate. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Now Colgate introduced its toothpaste in 1890. A tube of toothpaste came out in 1890. I had no idea it was that old. No, me neither. Yes, it's kind of fascinating. Um, of course, uh, we've also got this idea of uh, like dental schools. So um, in 1899, uh, a, a dentist called Edward Hartley Angle. He classified the various forms of different products in terms of different problems you can have with your mouth. And he was credited with making orthodontics into a dental speciality. And he actually established the first school of orthodontics. That was in 1899. So people were already thinking about how to shift and change your teeth that long ago, right? Which was a long time ago. Uh, the toothbrushes we're familiar with in terms of the nylon and the plastic ones, they first appeared on the market in 1838. The electric toothbrush 
Guess when that was? Guess when that made its appearance? Oh, I'm thinking it must be within this century. Mm-hmm. Um, nineteen eighty. Oh, a little bit late. 1960. Really? 1960. It was yeah. invented in Switzerland post-World War II and then introduced to the US, which I thought was kind of amazing. Um, the the reclining dental chair, which we all associate with... Was invented by a dentist, I heard. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. no, no, sorry. I'm thinking about electric chair. <laughs> sorry. No, okay. The electric chair, I think, was also invented by a dentist, but we're not sorry. covering that today. <laughs> but the reclining dental chair, which many people associate with being like an electric chair. So that reclining chair that everyone's so scared of going to the dentist in, that only came about in 1958. And one of the reasons that it was so popular was because it allowed a dentist to have an assistant, whereas before they couldn't have an assistant. But I can't believe that it took them that long to realise that if you lay someone backwards, you could look into their mouth more easily. Uh, the first commercial bleaching product, home bleaching product, went on the market in 1989, which was later than I would have thought. But I guess for a long time, people weren't they just eating went the rubbish yeah. and they had pretty pretty good teeth. Um, and of course, like in the, it's it's really been the since kind of the 2000, which I have to remind myself was 20 years ago now. But like since 2000, we've started understanding how re- the the correlation between oral health and overall health, and this is super interesting. So like, people think that you know like oral health is kind of like it's a a window to your overall health. So the first thing which is really interesting is endentulousness, which means losing teeth loss of teeth this in an elderly population which of course we you know every cartoon every elderly person has dentures they pop in right they're not um they say that the problem is when elderly people lose their teeth it leads to an impaired ability to chew which can lead to malnutrition yes and this can obviously make a difference in terms of how someone's like someone's health Uh, Dental infections have been associated with a higher risk for pneumonia. Gum disease has been correlated with a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. It can also complicate diabetes. It can be the starting point for noma, which are often gangrenous mouth infections. Oral bacteria have also been associated. So this is bacteria in your mouth that you're not getting rid of, that's allowed to proliferate, associated with infective Card, um, endocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart's lining. So it's bacteria in your mouth having that kind of an effect on your body. And the mouth may be a reservoir of bacteria that can lead to stomach ulcers as well. And they found that it can be associated with the development of infective arthritis. So it's like there's all these things that people don't realize that when you brush your teeth, it's not just about removing food and pluck. It's like it's actually this whole mechanism for the rest of your body's health. I'm not going to lie. Researching this column, I was like, I need to brush my teeth a lot more and a (laughs) lot more effectively. Yeah. Um, and now the future, just to like end on the future of some of the stuff we're going to be talking about with uh, dentistry and teeth, um, which is kind of interesting. So smart toothbrushes are quite popular now. People put sensors and microchips in a an electric toothbrush. It can sense where you're brushing if you've brushed someone. I find that stuff creepy, but it maybe you know works for some. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, Biomaterial is being developed. So the under development right now is a new type of filling, which is made of a synthetic biomaterial, which stimulates the growth of stem cells in the pulp of a decayed and drilled tooth, essentially regrowing the tooth. Like they're actually thinking about creating this kind of material that could do this. 3D printing is like obviously a really popular thing at the moment and it's got lots of hype and investment and everything else. People are using this in orthodontics. People are actually saying like you need something to 
you need a crown or a bridge or something in your mouth, 3D print it. It's going to fit much better than trying to chip it away at like a kind of Michelangelo situation for your dentist who's like part artist, part surgeon, right? Um, they've also got uh, tooth decay detecting lasers. So there's like lasers now that can detect a de decay before you could see a decay, um, which is uh, quite amazing as well. And the one that really gives me the heebie-jeebies but is really fascinating is nanobots. So they think that in the next 20 years, like, which is not that far really, um, they think that uh, nano dentistry may be a thing. So little nanobots, which these microscopic computer-directed nanobots could diagnose or treat oral cancers or other diseases or destroy cavity-causing bacteria, could deliver anesthesia, could clean, repair, fill, straighten teeth, replace damaged bone, all these things. Tiny little nanobots, like in microscopic your in your mouth, could do this, which is like quite a terrifying concept. But I mean... I mean, it's scary enough to have someone's hands in your mouth, but... You know, like little and nanobots, ro robots? yeah, and not even robots, nanobots. nanobots. You couldn't see them, which is it's fascinating. But anyway, what if they get stuck in your teeth? <laughs> you get people with a really Floss. expensive thing to stab with a toothpick. Hey, yeah. but um, but yeah. So that's um, that's the uh, a very, it was a very brief overview of teeth and dentistry. Chris, thank you so much indeed for the enlightenment. It's kind of persuaded me to really brush my teeth more often yeah. which I do I do want to clarify but maybe actually visit the yeah, dentist yeah. I mean how often are you supposed to go I think every what? six months every six months oh yeah sure oh, well I'm yeah 20, <laughs> 20 few years uh, more, more than that overdue well meanwhile Cruz thank you so much for no your problem. time this week for your sharing on uh, the history of dentistry and also teeth thank you so much no problem and uh, that ends the show for today many thanks once again to uh, Cruzy McCalligan and also to our first guest uh, earlier today we were speaking with uh, Natasha Pulley, who will be uh, who's here as part of the, uh, the the book fair. You'll be able to see her this evening for a public talk and also a book signing at the convention center.